and welcome to Hispanic Genealogy Talk. My name is Cynthia Ann, and today I look forward to speaking to Moises Garza, who has come uh, to talk to us today and update us. The last conversation I had with Moises was back in August, and uh, he had spoken to us a little bit about his conference, the first conference of its kind that was all online. So let's get him on the line. Moises, are you there? Yes, Cynthia, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, great. I can hear you. Wonderful. Uh, so how are you? How, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. <laughs> I'm doing good. Great. Uh, carrying on and uh, doing all your great work for Ancestry. Um, tell us a little bit. I know you uh, said uh, earlier a few minutes ago that you have got some exciting news for your next conference. Why don't we talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, I just want to tell everybody that the second annual We're Cousins of Virtual Genealogy Conference uh, registration is already open. Awesome. And, you know, you know, it's a uh, it's far away. You know, it's almost uh, over eight eight months away. But um, we already started doing a little bit promoting and open registration because some of our attendees last year actually wanted to register as soon as possible. So that's yes. the reason we opened it. Okay. But uh, we're not really going to start promoting it until May the 1st when right. we are going to have already a list of all the speakers and all the presentations. Because I know that uh, somebody that has attended a presentation in the past, I always check, okay, well, who, who are, are going to be the speakers? And especially now that's virtually. Now yeah. there's so many other options, you know, in other conferences. But um, hopefully once we get that list of speakers, uh people are going to be able to make a more informed decision if they want to attend or not. Well, I think everyone should attend. I mean, I'm going to attend again. Uh, it was really very informative last year. Um, it's a lot to take in. You had some incredible uh, speakers, all very professional. And uh, I got a lot out of it. I took, and what the great part about it is that I didn't have to attend every single time, uh, every day, because you recorded it and I had it available for me all the way until November. So I had like several, a couple of months to actually absorb it all, listen at my own pace and review it on, you know, uh, off busy times for me. And I was able to take a lot of notes and learn a lot from all the different speakers. So I do hope that everyone, whether they're attending another conference or not, will take advantage of this conference because you had some very good speakers and um, you what, what was unique about yours was that you focus on um, this area of the world. You focused on ancestry up and down the Southwest. And that's what I liked about it because my ancestry is uh, rooted here. And, um, and a lot of people I'm sure that uh, attended the conference were interested because of that. We, uh, we don't get a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, things like root tech and all those things that are related specifically to the Southwest. So yours was really, really good for that reason. And that's why I highly recommend it. And, you know, something we're focusing, uh, as you know, we're cousins, we're cousins only focuses in South Texas and Northeastern Mexico genealogy. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to do for this year is only have like one third of the presentations focus specifically in that area and the other two thirds mm -hmm. be more skill building. Because gene genealogy applies to everybody, you know. Um, you may have a presenter that may present about researching Nuevo León or Tamaulipas, but guess what? 
you could apply those same ideas, those same methods to any other part of Mexico. And same thing, if uh, somebody has a presentation about researching South Texas, you could apply that to almost every other state of the United States or other counties in Texas. So, and I think skill building, it's, it's for everybody. And even though you already know how to use timelines, guess what? Listen to another presentation about timelines because you may pick up something brand new. And Cynthia, like I tell everybody, now I was going to say half the battle of finding our ancestors is knowledge, knowing what's out there. You know, even though if you don't mm-hmm. buy a book that I recommend or somebody recommends, just keep a note. There's this book that focuses on this area and later on, you never know. Yeah. It may just be the missing piece of the puzzle that you were looking for. Well, this is interesting. Let me tell you a little story. You know, um, I don't know if I told you, I actually probably made the decision after we had that, that interview back in August, I decided to get my mitochondrial DNA test done. And, you know, uh, I had a lot of questions about uh, my mother's 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 line. So I went to family tree DNA and got it done early in December. And I finally got my results. And what's fascinating me is that it's pointing to Texas. <laughs> it's pointing to Texas. The closest um, uh, genetic match that I have is in Texas. And uh, you have done tremendous amount of work in Texas. I know you've done Southeast Texas, but Texas in general. And so I need to pick up some of your books now <laughs> because I'm finding out that there's a very real link there. Um, to uh, to Texas and some parts of New Mexico. Um, I just think that anybody who uh, who is descended from um, northern Mexico or even uh, you know the the area as far down as Zacatecas can actually learn from a lot of this stuff because the uh, original people that um, settled the area were Texas and New Mexico, and um, you, if you go far enough, if you scra- scratch deep enough, you will find your connections there. Because those were the two areas that... And you know, Cynthia, did, did I tell you... Did we talk about Juan de Oñate last time? Well, Juan de Oñate really. I don't remember that. is the grandson of one of my ancestors. The, the Saldivar uh, that were wow. with Juan de Oñate in New Mexico, they're actually... Uh, they were the sons of one of the aunts of Juan de Oñate. And that's uh, one of the lines that I come from. And for those of you that do not know, the Zacatecas area, oh which was the Nueva Vizcaya, was settled. Uh, I'm sorry, I confuse them. It's the Nueva Vizcaya and the Nuevo. Yeah. Um, uh, there's another province, but those provinces got settled before. And from there, Juan de Oñate did the entrada into New Mexico. And then a lot of the people that were in New Mexico with Juan de Oñate uh-huh. ended up in Nuevo Leon. So I'm actually related to people from New Mexico about. 10 to 12 generations back or even further back but we're all we're all related somehow <laughs> i think we are i really do and i'm looking at new mexico right now and definitely texas as uh as possibilities for that connection that i found through uh, the mitochondrial test uh using uh family tree dna it kind of blew my mind away because i i always thought that we were centered in sonora and they kind of just came you know up from Texas or uh, rather up from Mexico into uh, to Sonora and settled there. But and no one ever really thinks, well, we should look further north. Uh, but in reality, I, a lot of the small towns in Sonora were actually seeded. I came to find out 
were actually seeded by uh, some of the first families of New Mexico because they were not able to, so the people that uh, were trying to settle were having a hard time with the natives. You know, the natives would come in, they'd, they just, you know, uh, 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 usher them away. And they, a lot of these uh, Hispanics would uh, flee the area. Um, and I, doing deep research, obviously, this is where you find the information. I found in this one um, uh, pamphlet that was written in 1900 about the area, that uh, the governor, the then governor, uh, decided he was going to seed Sonora with about 100 families from New Mexico because they had found a way to deal with the natives. So that was like a real open, you know, uh, brick wall coming down for me because I had been looking for some of the ancestors uh, with a surname of Pacheco. And I come to find out that actually, most likely, uh, that line came from New Mexico. And we're back to yes. genealogy talk. I'm sorry about that, Moises. We've been having some technical difficulties today, which is not uncommon in the world of recording and podcasting. So I apologize. We're in the middle of talking about Juan de Onate and your relationship with him. Um, so maybe we can take it from there. Um, okay. Yes, uh, I don't know if I told you last time, but uh, Juan de Oñate is actually my one of my ancestors' uh, grandson. Oh wow! The, the Saldivar uh, that were with him in New Mexico are actually sons of one of his uh, sisters. I'm sorry, I got it all confused already. Anyway, the Saldivar. It was a long time ago. <laughs> yes, I descend from them and. Um, that's how I'm actually related to people from New Mexico. Ah. Uh, because a lot of people don't know that bef before New Mexico, you know, um, the Spaniards moved up to the Zacatecas area and then the, um, the Nueva Vizcaya area also. And then yes. Juan de Oñate made the entrance into New Mexico. And a lot of people that were with him actually ended up settling uh, in what is now Nuevo Leon, uh, Mexico. And that's how well, we relate yeah, that, to a lot of people from that area. Is that near Monterrey and all of that? Yes, actually, they went from uh, New Mexico to Monterrey and joined some of the early settlers of Monterrey in okay. the early 1600s. Wow, that's amazing. And and of course, you've done all this through just research on your own. Some people rely on things like uh, testing for that, uh, the Y DNA test and the mitochondrial DNA test and the autosomal DNA test, but you you've done a lot of uh, a lot of work just uh, just legwork um, paperwork trying to find that out. Correct. The best thing to do is find the paperwork, and you want to start find with yourself, your parents, your grandparents, and so Ooh. forth. Uh, go back. Yes. But let me just warn everybody: paperwork is not always accurate. Even though you may have a so and so hijo legitimo of so and so. <laughs> you may find through DNA that there was a paternal event somewhere because the DNA yeah. does not match uh, other branches. Match. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so on paper, maybe they, uh, they sort of an adoption type of thing. Um, and uh, they may have adopted somebody, but then that, uh, that line actually splits into a different uh, ancestry. Correct. Mm -hmm. That's really fascinating. I know. And, and it kind of leads me to, um, 
to the conversation that we tend to have, and I've been tending to have recently about, about technology and how that is so important to be able to, um, to do your, your, um, your paperwork uh, and really finding those, uh, those connections. A lot of people use Ancestry.com. Some people use Family Search. Others, uh, many other, you know, uh, MyHeritage, m- many other different ways to find your uh, documents. And I wanted to ask you and get your opinion. I know that you do a lot of that stuff. What's your favorite technology that you use? I'm kind of doing this theme uh, for the next couple of podcasts on technology, kind of asking everyone what they use, because personally, I've been having some issues. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, the most important piece of technology that I tell everybody that they need and everybody needs, it's Mm -hmm. a computer program to manage their family tree. Okay. Do not rely on ancestry. Do not rely on family search. You have to have your tree on your computer. No so software. Software. Now, okay. once you have it on, on the software on your computer, you have control over it. You don't mm-hmm. have to be on the mercy of the whims of computer or these companies. You never know that their whole servers may crash, which is very, which is very unlikely, right? Because they have redundancies. But you never know. Don't take your chances. And guess what? The benefit of having having it on a software if you want to send it to ancestry dna i'm sorry to ancestry or family search most programs give you the ability to back it up to those services okay so oh so then you just basically copy your tree to them yes you just sync it and it does it for you you don't have to be uh-huh. doing it um manually okay um and what i want to tell everybody be aware about family search because you start plugging mm-hmm. in some names and then they attach you to some tree that takes you back to Jesus and further. <laughs> and, and you know... I don't know how you're going to be able to confirm that. I know, because the thing is, if you're evidence-based, uh, if you do evidence-based research, there's no way you're going to be able to get that far back. And there's people that will dispute this, right? They say, well, the Bible is a source. Yes, but there's a lot of missing generations <laughs> in the Bible. Um, but I love that, you know, and another thing you may have this, uh, and I say newbies, right. And we were newbies at one point, but then you get somebody that's very enthusiastic, very eager, and they're brand new to genealogy. They don't know what they're doing. And guess what? Their tree gets attached to yours. Mm -hmm. And then they start changing stuff because they believe that what they found on some other internet tree, it's more accurate than yours. So then they'll mess it up also. I don't know. If I think you're right on track there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I do not know if Family Search has already fixed that. You know, um, another thing, be aware of the sources that mm-hmm. you find on a lot of these uh, companies. I know Ancestry.com has um, the images, but they don't have a good way of uh, citing them. That's why mm-hmm. when I find a record on um, Ancestry, I go to Family Search and look for that same record on Family Search and attach the citation the Family Search provides. So we're talking when we talk about citation, what we're referring to is the place where it was located, and that includes the book number, it includes the page number, it includes the uh, whatever you know. Um, wherever they found that publication or a book that they found it in, that sort of thing, right? Correct. And the goal, mm-hmm. the goal of citations are 
that when you publish something, you want other researchers to recreate or be able to find what you found. Okay. So every fact that you add to your tree has to have a citation. And when you start with yourself, if you interview your mom or your dad, write down your notes, right? And put there mm -hmm. on this date, uh, interviewed so-and-so. And what I like to do, I take pictures of it and attach it as if it was a document on my tree. Oh, and, okay. you know, um, they may be wrong in some things, but that's why you mm -hmm. have to look for documents to support. What but it's said. a lead. Yeah, it's a lead. Yeah, and it's a, it, it's yeah. Especially the first few generations, I take people's word for it because usually, you know, almost everybody knows who their grandparents were. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Hopefully, yeah. Um, some people don't, but that's okay. They'll learn. They'll find out. So, who? What is your favorite computer software? We're not trying to plug anybody here. No one's getting any money off of this. I'm just curious to know. Uh, based on all the work that you've done, what's your favorite software that you use? Okay, when I started, I didn't have much money, and I know that's the case with a lot of new people getting started. The uh, you have to right. prior use your money to put food on the table, you know? Wisely. Uh, so I started with this uh, program called uh, Family Tree Builder, and I believe it's by MyHeritage. Oh. MyHeritage yes. owns it. Okay. But the downside, they only let you plug in, I think, 150 people, and then you have to start paying. Oh. Well, I started with that one, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I know Family Tree Legacy is another one. that has a free trial. I know... Roots Magic has a free trial, and I don't think they have a limitation, only on the reports that you can print and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the one that I use and I love is called the Family Tree Maker, and it's, Family tree and it's maker. the most expensive okay. of all of them. Of course, because you probably have thousands of people already. Well, right? on they don't charge you per. So they don't long. charge you per person. They charge you that's just the price of the software is about eighty dollars, but you. You're oh, able to put in as many people as you want. So you download the software as well. Correct. You, you buy it, download it to your computer, ah. install it. And I, the only reason I use them is because it lets me create citations very easily. Yeah, okay. That's the only reason. That's, that's important. Yeah, that's important. I know that for a lot of people, technology is a big... Um, it's a big monster <laughs> because so much has to do with the technical aspect of knowing coding and understanding you know how to create things and, and and a lot of people really love apple for that reason they love to just go to apple and be able to open up and go easy and just you know put in their tree or whatever create a tree i don't know that apple has actually created anything for genealogy though are you familiar with it no i they have not but you could go to the apple store and download programs that focus on genealogy Okay, so then that they they offer that too because we're basically talking about two different uh, platforms here, one for Apple and the other one for obviously PC, which is what we all started with before there was an Apple, and um, and then uh, that would be uh, the the world of Microsoft and all of those Androids that you see those phones, um, and I noticed that and things are changing now. I don't know if you've noticed that Moses, things are changing in in the technology world. And it's going to affect a lot of people doing their ancestry work, unfortunately. Say, uh, for instance, um, uh, I had this old iPad that I was using for the longest time. I bought it about five years ago. It was used, but it was functional and it was very, you know, fast. And 
But in the last year, things started happening. I was not able to open up any documents on ancestry. And I was freaking out going, what is happening to my, you know, my files, all of the, all of the uh, files that I have saved on ancestry. I called them, they couldn't figure it out. And it took me about six months to figure out that my computer, my Apple iPad was no longer functioning on the Ancestry platform. And uh, it was just too outdated. The um, uh, whatever you want to term it was not, it was not the uh, fastest anymore. And I was having problems just loading in. Sometimes I, would, I wouldn't even be able to get on at all with Ancestry. It would just show me a blank page. So um, I had spoken to somebody about it and they said, well, it's because uh, you don't have the latest technology. You need to go get a new iPad. So fortunately, my husband was grateful enough to uh, see all the work I had done. And he said, we'll just get you a new one. Now I am streaming like, like, like a bird. <laughs> I'm just you know, like zooming in and out, you know, and, and I'm just thinking to myself, how many more people out there? are freaking out because their old technology is not working anymore. And they think it has something to do with all of the websites or maybe the internet. Maybe they think it's my internet that's not working when in fact it's old technology. So um, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, what I think is that Ancestry should have done a better job of, (laughs) 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 you know, working out that their website works in older devices, but eventually, you know, Older devices, they do reach, they call it end of life. Even though they're still good, yes. they work. But the new software, the new websites, they're not able to run them. And, you know, um, I have oh. several websites. For example, Las Vías del Norte, which is a membership website that I have. The software mm-hmm. that I bought for it, I had to make sure that it's compatible across all types of browsers, not just Chrome or or Internet Explorer, but also in Firefox and all the other browsers that are out there. And that's where I had to choose a company that was actually developing software that would work across across all those platforms. And, you know, they're not perfect, but, uh, you know, maybe somebody at Ancestry forgot to test an old device, make sure it worked with their (laughs) website. Yeah, I've been in contact with my internet service provider, um, who happens to be T-Mobile, and I was on the phone with them for quite a while because, um, as I said in another uh, podcast that I had uh, that I had uh, done that I had recorded, I uh, for the longest time was just using my hotspot to do a lot of this, uh, you know, externally from uh, not on my phone but on my other computers, and I was always having the same problem too. And so I had spent a good amount of time during this break that I had from not doing podcasts for a month to really dig deep and find out what was happening with my technology. And uh, they told me that um, eventually some things are not going to work over time because of the new 5G. And if you don't have 5G enabled uh, computers or phones, eventually they will eventually not work or you'll get spotty um, uh, connections, you'll, you know, you'll crash in a lot of websites that you're on because all of this new technology is coming up. So I want to alert our listeners, especially the ones that are about my age, 
that uh, try and um, I understand it's very expensive to keep up on this technology. But um, if you are going to uh, purchase new technology, try and find a computer that, you know, kind of does it all for you all in one fell swoop, you know, has 5G technology, can uh, uh, access a lot of these websites as opposed to doing it on your phone or having to switch 5G to several different computers that you have. Uh, because we're going to be seeing a lot of changes coming up in the next six months to a year or two. Even though the computers, the people, the ancestry and all that will tell you, oh, it's supposed to work. They know better. They know better. I mean, they want to keep you as a customer, so they're just kind of humoring you. But take a look at that technology and see if that's going to, um, it's possibly holding you back, you know. So that, that's something I've been wanting to uh, to get everybody's opinion on. And you do so good with all of your, I'm sure you're mostly up to date. You have to be, right? You, uh, how many websites do you actually run, Moses? Let's uh, talk to that, about that a little bit. I have a total of about 12 websites, but uh, the main ones, there are wow. only about five of them are main. You know, I got the, yeah. I know I got the MexicanGenealogy.com website, the WeirdCousins.info website, then the, the one for the conference. You know, I just wanted to have something specifically for the conference. And even for the conference, yeah. we updated the software already. It's uh, Hopefully, it's a little bit more awesome. social than last time. Um, I didn't have a problem uh, connecting. Or yeah, the, the only thing we didn't... Um, uh, um, attendees wanted to be able to message other attendees. So now we're going to have a oh, member directory where they're going to be able to message each other through the system. We're not going to provide emails for anybody. The system already has oh, okay. everything and okay, it'll message. You know, when you get a message, it'll say, hey, so-and-so send you a message, uh, log in and to reply. And Okay. And that's as that's as long as the conference is up. And yes, uh, we're going to leave that until everybody finishes uh, with a grace period, which is going to be again to November the 30th. Or maybe we may remove it, only okay. have it just available during the conference. I'm going to uh, attach a link to my blog and website for those who want to, uh, like you say, register early and uh, get get your good your good discount. You're getting a discount, right, for registering early. Actually, I could give a discount to your listeners. Oh, that would be awesome. That'd be wonderful. So all they have to do is email you and tell you they heard it on Hispanic Genealogy. Actually, Talk. I could give you a quote right now if you want. Go ahead. I'll put it down right now while we're talking. Okay. What's the name of the of your podcast? I can go ahead and post it. Hispanic Genealogy Talk. How about this? The quote is going to be HG Talk. G T A L K. So H is in Harry. G is in George. T is in Tom. A is in Apple. L is in Larry. K Correct. And, and that's going to be good from today okay. all the way to May the 31st. Awesome. May 31st. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this on my blog so that anybody who wants to um, take advantage of this that has been listening can uh, they use um, this in the in the section where it says Cindy, yes, when they click sign up, it'll say if you have a code to enter it. Oh, that's even better then. So then I will just uh, you know, and, leave it here, and it's only good until May 31st, 2021. 
I want to make sure we put that down because anybody else who comes later, since this podcast will be archived, uh, know that it's only good until May 31st, Correct. 2021. And if you're listening to us right now, okay. make sure you invite a friend and you're going to be able to give him that uh, code also. That code as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Moses. That's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, all those listening will uh, be able to take advantage of this because it's really a very good, well put together conference. And like I said, most of us will have some kind of connection to the Southwest uh, via migration. That's why we're here because we, our ancestors migrated up here. So uh, pay attention and try and see if you can get on and uh, you In- know, book early. Um, and also because you're going to be giving us a and lot And you know, Cynthia, techniques. that's uh, 20% off the early registration. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, thank you so much on behalf of all of my listeners. That's beautiful. That's awesome. And I'm <laughs> going to take advantage of it <laughs> myself. I'm going to sign up with you um, before um, May 31st. That's for sure. And also you can put me down as a vendor, too, because I, I, um, I appreciate the, um, the exposure on that as well. We'll be, we'll be doing it again, and uh, what would be fun and interesting uh, would be to do something almost uh, like um, interviewing all of, your, uh, all of your speakers before. So maybe we can do something like that. If they're interested, if your speakers are interested and you want to offer that to them, what we can do is we can do a podcast ahead of time, not discussing a whole lot, just kind of doing a little interview with them to exp- to discuss what they will be talking about. So yeah, be more uh, sounds great. Uh, we're still working on the marketing. And as I yeah. told you before, we're not really going to start marketing yeah. until May the 1st. That way everybody knows okay. who's going to be in there. And uh, yeah. I've been getting a lot of proposals and they're, they're amazing. The presentations that I'm so eager and happy that I want to, well, even myself, I, I just want to listen to them. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of very good qualified people out there. And um, I I found this very interesting. I want to tell you this real quick is that um, uh, Moses runs an incredible uh, organization with all he's he's just connected with many different uh, ancestry uh, groups out there. And I found it very interesting that doing my genetic mitochondrial DNA test, I ran across um, I ran across uh, something that you run via via it's a it's a group it's a is it a mitochondrial group or is it is it a uh, a test just for the uh, uh, no for the men? Um, we we have the, the we're cousins DNA group on family tree DNA yes so That's anybody that has is. roots yes. in south texas nuevo leon tamaulipas and coahuila and if they've tested family tree dna they're they can join and then we have that's awesome we have because david reta who's uh, managing i'm just there to make sure that it's headed in a certain way genealogical wise but david reta the one managing it right and then we have crispin rendon who's been doing so many amazing reports on mitochondrial um and also on the white DNA, yes. he produces this report from 50 pages to 400 pages, listing all the male descendants or all the um, mitochondrial descendants of a particular person. 
That's incredible. Um, and I bumped into that because I've been getting offers to become part of these groups as well. And I saw that one listed. Uh, Roberta Estes was the one who had recommended you. And I found that really awesome because I know that you're a hard worker and you're trying to reach out on every different uh, branch there. So those that are listening who don't know Moses Gaza, get to know him because uh, he is doing some awesome, awesome work. And so um, I'm not sure if I, if I, uh, my mitochondrial test actually connects to South Texas, but I know it connects to Texas because that's what they told me. So I'm really excited. If I do, then I'm going to join that. I'm going to join that group because right now I'm with the, uh, with the group for um, my uh, uh, ancestry on my mother's 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 line is native and it, uh, it it's registered as A2G. So um, I'm still learning about all of that too but it connects to Texas. So it'll be exciting to find out if we, if there's anything there uh, that, uh, that maybe uh, your group can, can offer. Great. I'm gonna be looking into it. So um, thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited. We're going to come up on the half hour in just about five minutes. I want to reiterate your conference again, because we had some technology problems in the earlier part of the interview. So let's go over that again, the, the dates and um I know we talked a little bit about you're going to be opening up for full um, uh, sign up in May. Uh, let's go over those dates again for your conference. Yes, uh, the name of the conference, conference is uh, the We're Cousins Virtual Conference. And this is the second annual conference that we do. Okay. And it's going to be on September the 15th through the 17th yes. of uh, this year, 2021. And registration is already open. We opened it up uh, the 1st of January for those uh, people that attended last year that wanted to attend early or register early before they forgot. Right. And so right now, if you go to we, uh, wacconference.com, um, you're going to be able to register. You're going to be able to see yes. our call for presentations. If you would love to make a presentation for us, you could submit a proposal there for us. And guess what? We pay you. Um and it's great. Awesome. Even if you haven't done one before, you have a great idea, you know something that you can do better than anybody else. I would love to hear about mm -hmm. it. And, you know, I think, one of yeah. our goals is also to develop new speakers, not just to go with the old mm -hmm. and tried and those people that are really uh, that you see everywhere. No, we want new people also. Mm. That's wonderful. There's so much out there and uh, there's a lot of new talent out there. So hopefully someone will hear this and contact you. Maybe they know somebody who's been doing seminars, uh, you know, locally, and maybe they have something to offer our, uh, you know, or new information on uh, Hispanic genealogy. That would be terrific. I'm certainly going to sign up and I'll definitely be seeing you. And uh, as I said before, my offer for all of your um, speakers for just coming on for a few minutes to promote the the uh, conference they're going to be doing and a little bit about what they're what they're going to be doing uh, is open to you. So please uh, feel free to take advantage of that anytime. Starting in June on, we'll be able to uh, take on um, anybody who wants to come on and talk about it. Uh, definitely would love to do that. So uh, I think we're going to wrap up this podcast since um, it's coming up on the. 30 minute hour. And I would like to thank you so much for your information and for coming on and updating us. Um, it's great. This won't be the last time. I certainly hope you can come on again just before the conference and we can talk a little bit more about that. In the meantime, I uh, 
it's great to have you on, Moses, and I hope you have a great new year. Now that all of this stuff, I kind of feel like we kind of cleansed a little bit this country, and now we can move forward. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you again really next it. time on Hispanic Genealogy Talk. Okay, have a Bye. good day. Thank you.